Good morning and welcome to your Thursday edition of the Holy Commutes podcast, the only daily podcast in Wiffleball three months out of the year. I'm Tom Gannon and this morning I am with Todd Saladini. Todd is the commissioner, owner of the Fanway Wiffleball League. Uh, some of you guys might know Fanway Vibe from the United Wiffleball National Championship Tournament. Todd, how you doing? I'm doing great. Great, great to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, talking with football is always a good subject to talk about. It's a lot of fun. One of the best. Glad to have you on the podcast, Todd. I'm now playing in the Fenway League for this kind of second half of the season. I played the 2020 season as well. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to start off with something I'm sure you've had to talk about several times before. Sort of the origin story of Fanway Wiffleball, the inspiration, your early seasons. You know, how did you guys get started here? It uh, goes way back to the late 90s. Uh, I worked playing some Wiffleball with some guys that I worked with at the time while we were working. And a guy had showed me a, a magazine with an article in it about a tournament in New Jersey. I guess it was a big premier tournament at the day. Is that the Summer Showdown? Yes, I believe that's what it was. Yeah, played in like Blacktop Field, some tennis court or something. Trenton, New Jersey. I think that was Mike Palanzar's tournament. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So I was reading about it, and it was just talk about the pitching that these guys would throw, and I, I was intrigued by it, and uh, kind of inspired me uh, right then and there. I kind of said, if I ever get a, a piece of property with some land, first thing I'm going to do is build the uh, the best wiffle ball field I can. And here we are, twenty five years later. Yeah, now you're doing it. I mean, this yeah. is a pretty amazing field. Uh, we'll have on Twitter. We'll have a video showcasing the field posted with yeah. it, so you guys will have a, have a look at that. And something that's really interesting about Fanway is actually the strike zone. So you guys have a little box that almost looks like a hockey goal, and you have to throw the ball through the box or hit any two sides of it. Yeah. to get a strike. It's very unique. Uh, I know, I think it was the Summer Showdown had something where it was a backstop and the hole in it yeah. for the strike zone, same sort of principle. Yeah. But have you guys ever had any type of controversy over whether it was a ball or a strike? It seems pretty much cut and dry. Yeah, and that, that was the whole uh, reasoning behind a strike zone of that of that kind was I felt at the time, you know, you could have discrepancies where we're umpiring ourselves out there. Yeah, yeah it's, like, I mean, sometimes it's tough. I, I was actually at the NWA tournament two weeks ago in Indianapolis. I was the umpire sort of for the last few games of Sunday, and it's tough to, I mean, when the ball's yeah. going at that high speed, it's tough to tell if it mm-hmm. hit the strike zone or not. So, uh, But out here, I don't think I've ever seen any type of argument like that. No, no, we haven't had one um, that I can think of. Uh, so and it's, it's been, what, great. 10 years? Yeah, uh, 15, 15 years we've been playing wiffle ball up here, 14 seasons. Um, but yeah, um, it was the first strike zone I designed and it basically, like I said, it was just to take the discrepancy of, you know, this right here, you knew if it was in or not. Yeah. And uh, so did you always have sort of the two wall rule or did that yep. come into play no, later? That was always part of it as well, because I designed the, the measurements around the strike zones that golden six had, and I, you know, compensated for the diameter of the, the wiffle ball in that. So it, if if you compare it to the strike zones that are used in the tournaments and that, it should be pretty close. Yeah, to... it definitely plays about the same. One thing that's kind of frustrating for me coming from someone that's going at those targets where you just have to touch it is that if you know the way the ball's moving, you're kind of aiming to yeah, go yeah. for that corner. And yeah, yeah. Man, is it frustrating when you hit it. But 
It does. I mean, it does. It's definitely a true strike zone. It plays really well. Yeah, yeah. And I is mean, this is this the original strike zone? Has it been the same strike zone for all no, fifteen not, or so years? This is the second one I I made. Um, first one weather over the years. Again. Yeah. And then I kind of redesigned it where now you can flip it. You know, open. You know, flip to get the balls underneath. Oh, yeah, it yeah. Catches the balls and then put and puts yeah. them in underneath the the strike box so you can tip it forward. And uh, yeah, Paco on my team, he does that pretty much every time. Yeah, one thing I did think about doing is hanging a tarp on the back side of it with like a catcher's. Image. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, and then this way here too, if you do, you hear that you, pop of the yeah, the pop of the the the. Uh, yeah, a lot the of those different banners. If you hit those, it makes that sort of yeah, catcher's mitt pop. And here, you know, with the netting all around, sometimes you don't know. You know, if you yeah, not, it's tough to tell if you're yeah, not paying yeah. attention. So give me a breakdown of the first couple seasons. How did that come together? Where did you find the teams? Where did you find the guys? Who won the championship? Who was the worst team? Um, well, in in the process of building the field, it was about three years in the making. And in that time, you know, I met some people that had played. They were big wiffle ball enthusiasts and that. And then it just became kind of word of mouth. And, and for instance, my, I signed my son up for – for Pop Warner football and got to know his coaches and that, and they all ended up signing up for the league. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's just, it's not, it's not <laughs> a tough sell. I mean, this, I mean no. I'm sure most of the people listening have at least looked at the video of the field by now. I mean, it's, it's amazing coming out here, playing under the lights. Another thing I'd like to talk about, something that's very unique to your league. You do double headers out here once a week and one of them's medium pitch, one of them's fast pitch. Yeah. So, Go into you know how that started and uh, yeah, it, it, I mean it, I think it's great. It was it wasn't always like that um, when we first started. It was double headers. It was strictly fast pitch. We had uh, innings limits on the guys pitching, and what were the inning limits? Um, you could only do six innings between the two games out of the twelve inning. You know, out of the twelve, the, innings. did extra innings extra, count? Extra innings did not count. Um, but then what we found in the early days was not enough pitching. You know, we were still, there's a lot of guys that are still kind of new at this. And so it, it was hard to get two good pitchers on a team. Yeah. Or even three for that matter. And it really required it. And um, so we then started to kind of mix in medium pitch after that, saying, okay, well, we can. Was there a particular pitching. sort of moment or season where the medium pitch sort of. It was, um, I believe it was after the third season. We finally rolled out um, a National League and an American League. One league was strictly medium pitch. One league was strictly fast pitch. And then and you had one championship? Yeah, and, and, it, and it was a, a mix between the two. Yeah, it was the same. So it was it the same sort of seven-game series you guys have done in the past or even still do with this with this season where it's two games at a time, one yeah. medium, one fast? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, that's, and that started with the two leagues coming together? Yeah. Yep, and then uh, was there also an all-star game to decide home field advantage for that? No, no, uh, we went by a coin toss at the time. Oh, that's a big coin. That's a big coin toss. Yeah. Now we've since updated the rules to be uh, the highest ranking, uh, highest seeded team uh, decides the pitching format until you get to the championship game. All championship games are decided with a coin toss. I like that. Yeah, and they're all game and they, seven every time. And the in the championship games, all the championship games are nine inning games. All right. So, so how many over the fifteen years or fourteen seasons? How many game sevens have you had in the finals? More than half. 
That's pretty good. More than yeah, more absolutely more than half. That like, means you get a good league. Yeah, competitive every year, games. Yeah, every year it seems like it come down. I mean, there's been some some of the epic most epic games are those game seven World Series games and nine and, innings, normally six inning games. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, plenty of like even um, we had a thirteen inning game seven. The Braves first year they ended up. Beating, oh wow! Yeah, they beat uh, my squad. Uh, and Paco hit the the walk off home run in the thirteen. Well, not walk off. He hit the go ahead home run in the thirteen. Top of the inning. Yeah, and it was no hitters thrown through, through like the first nine. That's pretty amazing. Innings, so. We actually had another thirteen inning game in fast pitch just last week. I, I play for the Braves, Paco's team. Yeah. And he threw a thirteen innings of shutout wiffle ball, and then hit a double to win it. So yeah. That Paco guy, he's good. One of the yeah. one of the more hidden gems in wiffle ball. I mean, he's definitely. A top player, even though he, I don't think he's really played in anything other than that one ECW tournament you guys played in. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, and he, he's been in the, they've been in the league now eight years, and since he got here, uh, once he played a couple of games and figured out the pitching, he's been dominant ever since then. Uh, he's got t- ten no hitters to his credit in the league. Um, you know, just he, he just all around great pitcher, really thinks well out there, and and uh, yeah, one of the best, one of the best has been up here. And, yeah, he's a fantastic player. Yeah. Uh, so I found the Fanway YouTube page back in 2019. I actually I remember I saw some video of the gameplay. I watched it for you know maybe 10 minutes browsing on YouTube yeah. at three in the morning, and then I saw again. It was funny. I think the most views was actually just some video of you taking BP. Yeah, uh, yeah. So so that one popped up a couple weeks later, and I scrolled down a little further, looked at the description. I saw Fitchburg, Massachusetts. Yeah. Oh, that's only that's only about 20 minutes away from where I grew up. I actually, I saw the, I looked up the Facebook page after that, and I tried to text the phone number on there, naturally, uh, but I got a response back, this is a landline. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, for those of you who don't know, probably most of you, Todd doesn't have a cell phone. We'll, nope. we'll, get, we'll get into that a little bit later. Yeah, yeah. But, so I ended up calling you, I, th- I think you answered, and I ended up, uh, you ended up inviting me out to watch a couple of uh, World Series games, because this is already yeah. in the fall by yeah. the time this happened. I think it was games three and four of the World Series, you guys versus the Giants. Yeah, we uh, we split those two games, if I remember correctly. And, yeah. I, and I knew we were in trouble with one of those splits. I remember we went medium pitch figuring, all right, if we can get this, we're going to win the fast pitch one after that. And uh, Dunny. Opposite Dun- field home run, I remember that. Dunny pitched a hell of a game. That made it the series three to one. And I remember saying to my guys, man, if they win the next game next week, the first one, they're going to get right back in this. And sure enough, they, they swept us the following week, and we went to Game 7. And uh, I had to change my strategy pitching. I was uh, pitching them inside, and I decided, that, all right, i got to get away from that because they're starting to hit it. And I started going low and away, and we prevailed 11-5, to nine-inning game. And another one Medium of those pitch. classic games. <laughs> yeah. I remember when I was out here, I actually it was, it was Murph that stepped into the box, gave me sort of a little tryout. And then uh, I ended up getting signed to the Reds that night. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, for the following season, that was a good time. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like I was kind of the first sort of outside wiffle ball player to find you guys. You know, since then we later that season there was a tournament. I invited Dean App to. We ended up adding him. Now we've got Prentice, Dougie, uh, Noter, and Fisher. Some people, a lot of guys might know. Yeah. Uh, they're now in the league. Yeah. So how has that sort of changed things? Shook things up at all? And what have those guys thought of the league? Most of those guys actually joined after I left and moved to Vegas. 
Oh, they 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 love it. They they love the weekday formats of playing because most of the tournaments that you play, obviously, you yeah, it's only on the weekends. The weekend. It's tough to find wiffle ball during so the week, that, especially you know under the lights here. Yeah, so the that second was, game of the night's always great. That was one of the com a couple of the comments that I heard that they they liked about it, but the, they like the competition. They like how you know everybody's evenly matched, um, and it's just a great group of guys up here. They get along well. Um, we come out, we have a great time, we compete, and at the end of the day, you know, it's uh, a great, great time playing wiffle ball, and you know, it's just great meeting all new people. Too, I've met a lot of great people that have come up here and uh, and have played. Yeah, something I like to say is that like the. The biggest a hole in wiffle ball is like rel a relatively nice guy when compared to the general public. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but you guys have had some tournaments out here. I know I've lost in the finals every time I've been in a tournament. Hate to say it, but it's true. Do you have, have anything on the calendar yet for this season, or would you have any interest in maybe at the end of the season after the championships all done having some sort of tune up for you with? I know the Fanway vibe is planning on going back to that. Yeah. And I know some of the people listening, they might only be a couple hours away in New York. Could get a few teams to come out to that. Yeah, we can we can uh, certainly put something together um, for a tune-up for the UWF. Uh, as far as tournaments coming up, well, I will be talking with Cody. Giant guy in the Giants. Yeah, he's he, Cody Snow. He, yeah, he's sort of like the tournament director out here. Yeah, he does a great job at it too. Yeah, you know? they've all been they've all been fantastic. Uh, you, you sort of just pick names out of a hat, so you end up with a a different group every time, and yeah. it doesn't really like. When it's medium pitch, it doesn't really matter who you put on what team. It's going to be a competitive game. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, so I'll be talking with him soon, and we're looking to get a tournament going in a couple of weeks here. Uh, the Yellow Stick Classic be the uh, third annual Yellow Stick Classic. So, um, yeah, we didn't get into too many of them this year uh, for reasons. We just, you know, busy. A lot of, a lot of weddings. A lot of stuff going on. A lot of weddings this year. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody getting married because, of you know, yeah. And everyone that got engaged and was planning on getting married during COVID is finally like, oh, we're going to have a party. Yeah, I had to, I had to remortgage my house all these weddings. <laughs> it was brutal. I had to travel to this couple of them, too. Like, you know, it's quite an inconvenience. <laughs> but had a great time at all of them. All, all the guys that, you know, they're in the, they're part of the league, so I wouldn't miss it for the world. And, uh, yeah, so that's kind of what's taking place this year as far as the tournaments. But we plan on having at least one, and I wouldn't mind putting together a tune-up for uh, you with yeah i think i think i could definitely uh i could sort of be your point man on that i know a lot of guys that would probably be willing to come out especially yeah. after seeing the field yeah we'll have to get together on some dates on that uh that yellow stick classic though that seems like that'll be a lot of fun yeah always a good time especially because you know you have the week-to-week -week league where you play you know tuesday wednesday thursday you have your double headers and you see the other team every week but for the tournaments it's everybody out here at the same time yeah. it's definitely a very different atmosphere it's almost like you have a crowd for every game yeah 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 and no, it, it is it's a great time like you said everybody's here um you're cheering on everybody you're talking trash to everybody you know <laughs> a lot uh, of times within the same at bat yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> and and it's good like you said before you, you're playing with other guys too that's what that's what i loved about the randomly drawn teams um, you know, because we did have another tournament where it was, yeah, bring your team that you want. And it was, you ever done a draft? Uh, Drafts are pretty fun. You no. get, have everyone line up on the first baseline and, you know, get a few captains just yeah. some point, guys? Well, you don't know if it might hurt somebody's feelings. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that is, that is a good... Uh, no, I hurt people's it. feelings is the <laughs> football's greatest pastime. <laughs> yeah, right. 
go back to elementary school. <laughs> the last kid picked. <laughs> no, but yeah, that's that's another great idea. You know, it's just as long as you you're mixing it up, you know, and it, you're not you know stacking a team and you get you know just one team coming in all the time because yeah. that's that's what I tried to avoid for the most part with the league as a whole. I wanted everybody to kind of be able to compete. In the early days, we didn't have that. We had, you know, 18 leagues, but, you know, there was two or three of the teams. There's definitely a top half and a bottom half of the division type of thing. Yeah, and it was, you know, and it was, it just, I I didn't care for a team coming up here and getting smoked, you know, 15 to nothing or, you know, 15 to two. And even being on the other side of that, I've shown up to a handful of tournaments where I get there at 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. and I kind of look around and say to myself, oh, I'm going to win this, and couple of times I haven't won it. You know, yep. A few of the times I, you know, knew I was going to win the whole yeah, way. And yep. Even when you think you're going to win the whole way, it's not even that good of a feeling. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so definitely you know, close games is what everybody wants. I think yep. I think it's a lot more fun that way. And you want everybody to get a few wins here and there. You know, yeah. last year we had a team that only had one win through the whole – it was their first year. And uh, but then they had a surprising surprise showing in the in the playoffs, and they beat the the Braves and that. But you know, talking with those guys, they said it was tough coming up here each yeah. week. I said, I know, I I don't. That's what I don't like. That's why I try to yeah, wiffle ball, very humbling game. Balance it out, and, and you know, they they picked up a couple of players. They worked on their pitching, and now yeah, figured out how to throw a strike. That's yeah, a, they, that's a big part of it. And they got nine wins on the year so far this year, so they improved uh, tremendously. But we want to keep it, you know. Yeah, everybody. they just split against us. They they beat us in medium pitch. Yeah, I could I couldn't get the ball by him. Larry, did Larry pitch? Uh, no, Dougie pitched medium. Oh, that was the oh, the A's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking. Yeah, the Rockies. Oh, are you thinking of? Oh, is there another new team I haven't played? Uh, yeah, the Rockies. Oh wow, this is a whole different league. Yeah, they played from they, when I left. They started up last year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they left like I think it was a player or two that was on another team that they they wanted to put in a team so ah, that's awesome yeah and uh yeah they another great great group of of kids um they got some good talent and now they're starting to learn to to be competitive and win games like i said they went from one win last year to nine this year and it all started in the playoffs yeah you know they gained confidence that they could do it and yeah it's good to see mental game that's a big part of it yeah yeah all right so i know the fanway vibe they're going to be making that trip to you if is there another team coming from fanway i know there's kind of been talks about it and uh sort of if, if you could name your fanway dream team out of the people that don't play for vibe who name some guys oh, if, if you could if you could convince anybody to go that don't play for the vibe yeah paco, so yeah, paco so, would have to be one well i mean then i mean then you get the other guys that are all on other team even little deb joe george uh, ben Goffin on the Blue Jays. Those He's good. Are, yeah. Those guys would be reputable. Um, the guy I want to see there is Mason. On the oh, he yeah. Hits, he hits the ball great. Yeah. Back when, I, back when I was trying to make that super team in for the 2021, yeah. I wanted to get Nico, Paco, Mason, Steve, and me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that would be that would be a hell of a team. I forgot about Mason. Yeah, that's it's it's hard because like you said, this the guys are already playing on teams, and you're trying to tell me to pick a team, and, <laughs> and it's like 
Okay, yeah, I mean, and I'm trying it's, to think pitching. Yeah, it, well, it's, a, it's the funny thing about these tournaments is that, you know, you can kind of, you can cherry pick guys from different teams if yeah, you're trying yeah. to get people to travel. Well, we're hoping to get a second team. And actually, myself, I've been, I've been talking about going down the past couple of years. Um, two, two years ago, I tore my shoulder. Oh, yeah, so that I, was tough. I, you I did hit that one-handed home run. That was big for us. Yeah, I yeah. That was a game winner. <laughs> I did. I I fought to get back as soon as possible because one thing. So I, I came back sooner than you should have. No, no, I did not. <laughs> Everything worked out the way it did. It yeah. worked out well. Um, Hit some bombs. Didn't hurt yourself. That's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, and yeah, I, then I became really good with my left hand, and you know, through all that. So a lot of great things, a lot of positives came from that torn shoulder. But uh, yeah, so we're hoping a second team. Uh, and I'm hoping to include myself going down there. I wouldn't mind. Um, Try my hand at it. I know I'm a little advanced in the years department, but yeah. Well, if, if we have some sort of tune-up tournament, you got to try out those scuff balls where you cut them up with a knife. Because man, they just—it basically just goes exactly where you want it. Yeah. Like, every time. I mean, I did play in one tournament uh, this year. The ECW. Yes, yeah, so was you. You and Paco played together. I believe you made it to the semifinals. Yes. Give we, us a quick breakdown of that. Uh, we showed up. Um, two of our guys. Didn't make it, so it was just a two-man team. Uh, All right, so who, who are the two guys that didn't show up? We're going to call them out right now. Uh, well, Crispy <laughs> had a uh, hockey tournament. It was the Nationals, so i got to give him that. that. That's a big, All big right, That's a good, good, good excuse. Who's the other guy? Uh, that was Nico. Okay. And, uh, bad, any good excuse or bad excuse? Uh, he did give us one. I can't recall what it was. Uh, must have not been a good one if he can't remember. Uh, it. It, it really didn't <laughs> matter at the time. We're like, he, all right, just he, the two he played of us. for Fanway Vibe. He he throws fast. Yeah. We had him clocked at ninety uh, just last week. We played against him. Yeah, I yeah. brought the old pocket radar down. Yeah, nasty sinkers, nasty sinkers. And he's been featuring that a lot too. That pitch, but. Um, we, it was just the two of us. They let us play with two players. And then uh, the first game we played was Noter's team. And we got no hit. Lost 7 nothing. Noter's good. Yeah. <laughs> well, they, was, they had this other kid pitching. He was pretty good. I don't, I don't know his name. Um, but he pitched really well. And, you know, we, we just were like, all right. We'll just got to figure it out. And then the next game we played, we got a little better. We lost um like three or four nothing i think that was a dnaps team oh five nothing and that was the dnap and colin and them <clears throat> and then we played a team from worcester i think it was and that's when we were able to put the bat on the ball we we won that team from game. worcester that's my neck of the woods who are they uh mike mikey on the braves his buddies he knows them really yeah yeah because Paco actually talked with him, he he knew them because uh, through Mike, and uh, yeah, so we 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 won that game and then got into the playoffs and we rematched with Noter's team, and we came uh, through with a three-two victory in that one. And then by that point, Paco was gassed because he pitched every <laughs> inning, and we went up against six oh three, and they're pretty prominent powerhouse team and uh yeah they they handed it to us but we, we were stoked with our finish and how we performed throughout the day so it was a good time yeah and that actually way. reminds me so noter a lot of people might know the type of ball noter throws it's almost like a sandpaper type of scuff ball you use sort of a similar thing i think there's like a stone you just scrape the balls against yeah yep. and you got a bucket of them so, the so what what made you want to scuff the ball that way and was it always like that or did it become like that later no, no. In the beginning, uh, I I knew you know new balls. They don't 
you know, fly, you know, you can't throw them the same way. You have to scuff them just like baseball. So um, I didn't want to devote a whole lot of time with cutting the balls. And personally, I feel cutting the balls should be illegal. <laughs> I mean, I, I think even scuffing it should be illegal. I like I like the ball right out of the box. Yeah, I, I, to me, I think the scuffing, it's more like traditional to baseball. And yeah. in a lot of the, the wiffle ball, I try to keep that baseball vibe. Yeah, you'd you like know, uh, Tim field. Tim Dean's tournaments in Texas. They do. You can throw a regular ball if you want, but you can also throw a scuff ball. You just you can't knife it. Yeah, you can scuff it, yep. but you can't and, score it. And that's our rules here: just yeah. scuff balls only, no knifing. And uh, yeah, I mean it's a little inconsistent, but um, it's part of the fun. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and for both the pitcher and the hitter, because it's not like I you know. With the cut balls, you like you said before, they're consistent. Yeah, it's almost like if you if you don't throw the ball right, it'll catch itself and sort of do what you yeah. want anyway. But with these balls, you really have to get that spin just right to make it do what you yeah, want. Yeah, yeah. So he keeps the batter on his toes. <laughs> you don't know where it's going, you know, with the scuffed yeah. ones. But, yeah, no, that's just the way we've always played, and I always felt, you know, having a bucket of balls. I'm not a big fan of the – one ball yeah, it's it's you, you it's know, tough it, it takes a lot of time it's yeah having to pick it up every time it's yeah. as someone that is that grew up playing it just throwing it out of a bucket playing with one ball can be frustrating yeah. especially you know if you switch back and forth and you're not used to it yeah yeah but yeah that, and it's funny like a lot of people are like oh the ball's too inconsistent this way but there's enough guys in this league they pound the strikes on you yeah know? no once you yeah once <laughs> you figure it out i mean yeah, i can go a medium pitch game and have like only one walk yeah <laughs> you know it, it rarely get to a three ball count um yeah you know you learn as you, you know, just like anything the more you use them um i'm sure though if we introduce cut balls it would be a a whole different game. It would definitely be harder to hit. <laughs> yeah. And so. you'd have a ball break on you and fly out of the warning track. That's it, not a good feeling. Yeah, that was the thing, too, I noticed in the in the tournament was the balls were breaking right away. I'm like, oh, that's got to suck. Yeah. Let's see what else we got. Any other, like, any type of rules that changed over the years? Or is it, I mean, it seems like it's kind of been sort of the same. Yeah. As I, always. You know, I fashioned my rules um from golden sticks and the other with a palisades with a ball, you know, uh, basically we use, we follow the same rules. The only things we don't have is, um, we don't throw on ground balls, which we don't throw the backstop. You just got to feel the ball. Yeah. You just have to do that on a double play. Yep. Yep. Uh, we used to have it where you had to feel the ground ball cleanly. Meaning you couldn't bobble it at all. You couldn't even bobble it up to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that there created, there again, some gray area. Yeah. Where we're umpiring ourselves because then all of a sudden, you know, the first. Oh, it moved of, a little. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so then I came, I then, well, then I think I seen golden sticks. I'm like, well, they don't have to feel it cleanly. They just have to keep it in the air. Yeah, keep it in the air. And then that's when that rule change came into place. Um, you know, every year seems to, you know, something else comes up where we're like, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll introduce this and we'll change this. And it's all in the, um, nature of keeping everybody, you know, competitive. Yeah. And it makes it, I mean, especially with no umpire, yeah. the umpire's job, so to speak, becomes easier with that. Yeah. Uh, less of a judgment call. Yeah. Yeah. That, and that's what I try to eliminate as much as possible. And for the most part, we've done a good job. We still have our, our close plays, but you're going to yeah. have that. And, and especially with the strike zone, I can't say enough about how the strike zone is just so cut and dry. I've never even had a remotely close yeah. one where I'm not sure at all. It's just so obvious every yeah. time. Yep, yep. 
and for the most part, you know, you it's got a good strike zone with certain pitches. Um, what I mean by that is like you throw a, a, a good pitch and it's a legitimate strike. Um, but then you can throw a bad pitch and still make it a strike. But you know, <laughs> so it offers it offers that you know yeah. the way the you know I just kind of tried to construct it more for the the sinker pitch. That's why the bottom kind of goes out a little more. Yeah, because I was yeah, you can drop it in there. Yeah, it's, it's like with a chair, you know, and playing playing yeah. the good old days in the backyard. Yep, yeah. being able to drop it right in the seat of the chair. Yep. The only thing is, is it may be a little on the low side, but there again, it was for the sinker pitch. Yeah, I think it's fine. And the only people that really, you know, do damage down low is your your low ball, you know, submarine pitchers. Or, yeah, you know, riser like myself. Pitchers. Yeah. So, yeah. Overall, it's it's been pretty consistent. Everybody's uh, been happy with it. All right. So I mentioned it a little bit earlier. So Todd, you don't have a cell phone. You gotta g- give me a breakdown and just talk about that for like two minutes. Uh, just, <laughs> just I never felt like I needed one. Um, never felt that important, and <laughs> never needed um, such a device to make it through my day. In fact, all technology I kind of have no part of. That's why uh, you know we've we've always talked about putting videos on YouTube and that for years, but I'm not a, a tech savvy yeah, type not of the guy. guy for it. So I never did it, and you know, never really had any volunteers. There are to some, do it. there are some pretty good live streams. I know that last season I played in 2020, yep. there was a lot of live streaming on the GoPro, sort of behind yep. behind the plate. Yeah, we had Quinn Cavaco up here doing doing a lot of that work, which was was fantastic. But uh, yeah, I might yeah. have to help you out come playoff time. Yeah, as get far some, as like get some good streams of the, the important games. Yeah, yeah, that 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 was the talk is getting the playoffs at least, and I'm sure we can we can arrange that. But as far as like all the social media stuff, I have no part of. I don't have Facebook, no Twitter. Uh, that, that's all the people that run that for me for Fanway. Do you like movies? Is there anything involving screens you like? I watch movies. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah, on YouTube actually when I'm at work. <laughs> yeah, so give me, give me some. Uh, work, you know, you're a big YouTube wiffle ball nerd like myself. So yep. give me a few sort of leagues you li- that you like to watch. Uh, well, when I first um, got into building my field. And I got onto YouTube for the first time in the early 2000s. <laughs> uh, the first, some of the first videos was Palisades. Yeah, I actually played. It's funny. The last two years of that league, I was driving all the way to New York, and I had no idea you guys were 20 minutes yeah. away from me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I used to watch the this month in wiffle ball. They used to put together great stuff. Yeah, it was it was awesome and. And uh, so I watched them a lot, uh, the McElraths and Jordan Robles were part of that. So those are the two names that kind of stuck out because they were pretty prominent players. When yeah, they, I when actually played. I played with Jordan Robles uh, this past weekend in Golden Stick Yard League, the sort of yeah. medium pitch. Yeah. And uh, we lost in the second round of playoffs, but, uh, yeah. you know, small world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, another one that I, that I loved was um, MLW. I, I saw them when they started out their first years when they were just little kids and I'm like wow that, that's yeah I'm like that's awesome you know I got started a little later in you know in my 30s when I got into this wiffle ball stuff but yeah I'm like that's a, that's you know good to see that these kids you know taking the game that to that level and 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 to this day they've done such a tremendous job with everything that they've done with that league and you you can't help but tip your cap to them. Yeah, so, they're great. I've played in some of their tournaments. Yeah, top notch stuff. Yeah, I, I had a good time. Loved loved to see 
their, their stuff. So good for them. They, they were one of the ones. Um, and then there was a couple, a few others that I would watch here and there. But, uh, yeah, that's was all in the infancy of Fanway Wiffleball. That's pretty much all I've got for you. Is there any uh, anything you want to plug? Anybody you want to give a shout-out to? Anybody you want to call out, give some trash talk to? No, I, I don't do too much trash talking because that <laughs> usually comes back to, to bite you afterwards. <laughs> but if I could give a shout-out to Gino DePrima, retired Reds player. Um, haven't seen him in a couple of years. He's been, uh, he walked off the field a champion back in 2019 with us Reds. So a little shout-out to him. Uh, the only thing I didn't really touch on, the first year um, that we did do the field, we actually uh, dedicated the field for a friend of mine's son, James Darling. He had passed away of leukemia, five years old. And uh, the very first year, we did dedicate the field to him. And at the time, we had the scoreboard painted. and It had the at-bat, the balls, and the strikes. And we had the number five at the at-bat. And, um, you know, so that was kind of a, a kickstart to the league, too, because then that was the t- very first tournament we had was to raise money for Andrew's Helpful Hands. Have you heard of them? Yeah. They're in Worcester. Yeah, we raised money and actually all the league fees and the raffle money went, um, everything went right to them in honor of James Darling. So That's uh, pretty cool. And I know the, the other little Fenway in Vermont, they sort of had their first thing was a big yeah. charity event. Yep, yep. Oh, yeah, that one, too. I forgot to mention them earlier. Yeah, the the uh, little Fenway up in Vermont. That was another videos I was watching a lot of. But yeah. I ain't seen you playing up there. You know, Todd, I, I hate to say it, but they have a taller green monster than you. I know. No, <laughs> there's, there's a little bit more legit. Um, they got the three fields. That was always, you know, some of the in the back of your mind, oh, I'd love to build a little compound, kind of like what they did. But, uh, no, they've done a great job up there, and they've they raised a lot of money for great cause, and, and uh, that's great to see. Yeah, I've got a shout-out to the Kamikazes. We're going out to the Slam Diabetes Tournament, uh, so I'll have to try to include a link so you can donate to my page. We're trying to raise as much money as we can for type 1 diabetes. And the other thing about that. The amount of money you raise goes towards your playoff points. So if you want our team to do well, and if you want me to hit higher in the lineup, you should donate to my page. I'm going to try to include the link. Yeah, nice. And uh, to the rest of the league, you know, thanks for all the great games. Thanks for your hospitality, being civil up here during the games and whatnot. And um, look forward to playing this game until the good Lord says I can't. <laughs> Well, yeah, thank you, Todd, for, you know, building this field, putting this league together, doing all the work that you do Absolutely. every week. You know, it's been great for me to come out here. I'm going to give a quick shout-out to the Stompers. We're playing this weekend in the, the Wiffle Bash Tournament in Staten Island for Mid-Atlantic Wiffle. And I'm serious about having that UWIF tune-up out here, maybe mid to late September or that first weekend in October. So if you're listening and you'd be interested in playing in that, send me a message, Facebook, text message, whatever. We'll try to get that together, maybe even just a handful of teams, but getting those at-bats right before the tournament can definitely help. Thanks, Todd, for being on the show. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I'm Tom Gannon for Todd Saladini. This is your Thursday episode of Holy Commutes. On Friday, we've got a morning episode with the CCW guys coming off their NWA tournament win, and we've also got an afternoon episode 
with Chris Red Sarnowski. That'll be a surprise. I don't even know what that's going to be about, so that should be fun. Look forward to that. Thanks for listening, and see ya.